good afternoon or whatever time it happens to be. Uh, you're watching on YouTube. Thank you for joining. And today's a special day because it's uh, we have, I think it's five verses to finish the third chapter. Uh, so, yeah, it's kind of cool. I enjoyed the preparing the slides and looking at the, the verses and, and really, I don't know if I said this, but having a great time going over the Bhagavad Gita again after so many years I haven't looked at it. It uh, seems really alive and, and and uh, vital to me. Mm. I think when I read it the first time, it was just like kind of I'm trying to memorize a book. Mm. Yeah. Ideas. Yeah. Okay. So we'll do the chanting. Om Tat Sat Om Shri Gurave Namaha Om Shri Ganeshaya Namaha Om Shri Saraswatiye Namaha Om Vande Gurunam Charanada Vinde Sandarishita Swatma Sukhava Bodhe Nishreya Se Jangarikaya Mane Samsara Hala Hala Moha Shantye Avakupurushakaram Shankachakrasi Tardinam Sahasra Shidasam Shwetam Pranamami Patanjalayam Swasti Prajabya Paripalayantam Nyayena Margena Mahimahishaha Go Brahmanibhyaha Shivamastu Nityam Lokaha Samastaha Sukhino Bhavantu Om Shanti 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 Namo Brahmavidyo Brahmavidya Sampradaya Kartribyo Namo Vamsharishibyo Namo Bhyo Namo Gurubhyaha Sarvo Paplavarita Pragnana Ghana Pratigarto Brahmai Vahamasmi Om Tatsat Vasudevasutam devam kamsachanuramardhanam devaki paramanandam krishnam vande jagatgurum atasi pushpasankasham haranu purashobitam ratnakam kanakeyuram krishnam vande jagatgurum Kutilalakasainyuktam Vodana Chandranivananam Vilasat Kundalatharam Krishnam Vande Jagatgurum Mandaraskandasainyuktam Charahasam Chaturpujam Vahipinchavakshurangam Krishnam Vande Jagatgurum 
mentioned in Kriya Yoga, Tapas, Swadhyaya, and Ishwara Pranidhana are also mentioned in the Niyamas, the same three things, plus Shaucha and Santosha. So uh, I didn't find any textual insights and I didn't wake up in the middle of the night. Like, oh my God, <laughs> so profound. Uh, and somebody said something, I don't know if you remember, anybody remember? Somebody had an idea last week. Mm. I can't remember what it was. Okay. You? Uh, no, um, is it Holly? Is that her name? Who, who visited? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, yeah, yeah. Her name is um, Carol. Carol. Yeah. Carol and Holly. I'm <laughs> <laughs> really bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe that's it. Uh, um, you don't remember what it is either? Saying. Yeah, okay. So anyways, yeah, but not important. Uh, or maybe it is, but. Uh, we'll, we'll live without it. Uh, and then you asked about the name Vrishni, uh, which uh, Sri Krishna is from the Vrishni clan. Is that related to Vishnu? No. But Vrishni, I found, is means strong and powerful, like a bull. Manly is another definition. Manly, yeah, strong, powerful. Yeah. And the word for, for uh, we call it Rish, uh, Rish, Rishaba, Taurus, the constellation Taurus is Rishaba in Sanskrit. So, uh, Vishnu means all pervasive. So I don't think they're related. They're actually, they gave the verb root. In Sanskrit, the nouns are derived from a verb root. Verbs are the single syllable. The verbs are always single syllable in the root, mm. and and then they get expanded out, stretched out, opened up uh, into their conjugations. Vishnu comes from vish, 
And you, a lot of the words they have, they'll give the, the verb root to. But there is no verb root for British knee, mm. unfortunately. Like virility, maybe. Uh, vira is, yeah, I don't think so. Oh, okay. But maybe, yeah. We can only guess. Okay, so chapter three, uh, we're starting today on 39, number 39. And we'll make it up to 43, I'm pretty sure. Uh, first, a little review. So, um, in 33, Krishna is talking about um, basically the, the idea of free will. Even the wise person is just acting in accordance to their own nature, let alone to say, you know, people who don't discriminate, don't think about things deeply. Uh, just acting according to the cause and effect forces that have been set in motion inside us. Uh, and that's kind of uh, uh, one of the pivotal principles, uh, part of this discussion. So we're starting back here with 33. Uh, it's not really free will in the way that we think of what free will means. Kind of, but not really, right? Because if you choose to restrain yourself, it's because it's kind of your nature to choose to restrain yourself. Or if you choose to let yourself go, you're choosing that because it's your it's your character, your personality is set up that way. Uh, and then in 35, uh, he brings up the concept of doing your own dharma. Uh, it's better to do your own dharma than a different dharma that's not your own dharma. Uh, they say another's dharma, but we can also think of it as not like somebody else's dharma, but something that's outside of your own dharma, not just another person's dharma. Uh, uh, it depends on the context you're, you're thinking about dharma and like making a decision like in a momentary uh, instance or if you're like what kind of work am I doing then then maybe it's another person's dharma uh, like Arjuna he's supposed to be doing what fighting yeah fighting mm -hmm. so but he wants to do what give up the fighting he wants to renounce mm -hmm. like you know he'd rather go off and live in the forest mm -hmm. that's another person's dharma to go live in the forest his dharma is to be on the battlefield. He's the best archer. Uh, he's going to go, if he goes into the forest, he's going to start doubting. It's going to, all kinds of things are going to come up for him. That's going to make it impossible for him to succeed in that dharma. Uh, so we just act according to our nature. We want to try to figure out what our dharma is because it's more fulfilling and that's how we're going to evolve like if the caterpillar does its dharma and eats the right kind of plant and goes into the chrysalis it becomes a butterfly very fulfilling for the caterpillar uh, if it does the wrong dharma it doesn't <laughs> it doesn't evolve to become a butterfly um so Arjuna is like, what would cause somebody to, to do the wrong thing? I mean, 
like that's that's weird like uh krishna says in 37 uh this is somewhat important that uh it's because we have desire and then the desire is uh is a distortion on our intelligence so then we don't see things clearly and he in 38 the last one we did he he um categorizes different types of desire the desire itself is rajas rajasika right that's a to have desire is the rajas guna which is what he says in 37 but but it can be rajas governed by sattva rajas governed by rajas or rajas governed by tamas so three different flavors of rajas uh that's what we went over with the analogy of um the sattva is a fire enveloped by smoke easy to get rid of the the smoke that obstructs the fire by just giving it more air in the right way uh the rajasika desire requires some hard sweat some hard work some tapas and the tamasic desire is going to require lifetimes of proper lifestyle before you even get to that level where you can the 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 tapas the practice is going to be very fruitful uh so here we are at 39 uh any questions so far summary is okay Ding ding. All right, Christina, you have your your mic unmuted. You don't have a question, do you? That's just yeah. Okay. Uh okay, so let's recite the verse and then read the translation and then discuss. Avritam yanamitena Avratam yanamitena Yanino nitya vairina Yanino nitya vairina Avratam yanamitena Yanino nitya vairina Kama rupena kaunteya Kama rupena kaunteya Dushpurena nanena cha Dushpurena nanena cha Kama rupena kaunteya Dushpurena nanena cha from the beginning avratam yanametena yanino nitya vairina kamarupena kaunteya dushpurena nanena cha avratam yanametena yanino nitya vairina kama rupena kaunteya dushpurena nalena cha 
Arjuna, knowledge is covered by this insatiable fire of desire, the constant foe of the wise. Well, let's do the easy part. Kaunteya is uh, the way Krishna is addressing Arjuna because he's the son of Kunti. Super simple. No deep meaning. Uh, I didn't look up Kunti, sorry. Uh, knowledge is covered by this insatiable fire of desire. Uh, what is insatiable fire of desire? Why is desire an insatiable fire? Because it becomes obsessive. Obsessive. Oh. Can you follow through with the analogy with the fire? What happens when you? Oh yeah, the put, more the more you feed it, the more it grows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so and then it just wants more. more yeah, <laughs> the bigger fire needs more fuel. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Exactly. So um, unless the right seeds of wisdom are planted in your mind, then the the desire will go unchecked. Mm. You need to have that. Needs to be some seeds. Uh, of wisdom that your mind was open to when you were exposed to them so they could reach some fertile soil, even if you didn't, weren't ready to embrace that principle at the time, but then it can kind of creep up on you over time. Have you seen that happen yet? I don't know, I don't know follow. You don't follow? The seeds of knowledge. I can give an example. Okay. Uh, I've seen like with myself, like diet, slowly my diet has improved. Mm -hmm. uh, not really so much from forcing, from discipline, but just by uh, admitting that sugar is not super healthy for me in general. Mm -hmm. uh, probably for me specifically, not, not really good. Uh, I don't know, something like that. Like, slowly over the years, like, it becomes more natural gradually, year by year, to my diet cleaning has cleaned itself up. I wasn't born in a country where all I ate was home-cooked food, never anything from a package, except for the bag of rice. Uh, yeah, I grew up with packaged food, canned, canned soup, <laughs> frozen vegetables. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. So, what's another example? Like, just think. Um, aside from diet. Well, maybe, you know, like when people start exercising, they, if they, take to the exercise, there must be some idea in their mind already that that believes that it's good for them. So mm -hmm. somewhere they got this idea and they were they were open to it and then they start to take to the exercise, they started to do it and they and then other things start to to happen too. Like maybe they quit wanting to stay out late at night as often. Mm -hmm. 
because <laughs> because they can feel how it interferes not just in the beginning maybe it interferes with their rhythm to to do their routine that they're becoming mm -hmm. uh, that they're be feeling more of an appreciation for mm -hmm. right? so it's not just like an attachment but it's like they see like it makes them feel better so it's a healthy attachment versus the attachment to staying out late and drinking with their girlfriends gossiping right? <laughs> so so that they do the exercise and in the beginning they're like well yeah maybe like you know improving my lifestyle would be good but i don't know mm -hmm. i'm not there yet that kind of like mentality like they're they're a little bit open to it mm -hmm. but they're not saying no that's stupid like why would i ever do that and then then it's difficult for that idea to to blossom mm -hmm. to grow inside their consciousness Right. Yeah. And then you'll see often people's diets, their cravings will change. Mm -hmm. If they're taking better care of themselves, they start craving healthier things also food-wise, lifestyle-wise. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right. It seems more like a redirection of desire than like clearing it away. Yes, exactly. You know? Yeah. 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 Uh, and that's a, that's a very important. So we're, is there free will? Right? Krishna is saying, like, according to your nature. So you get exposed to certain things that uh, you hear, hear about, some wisdom, some ideas. And do uh, you remember where I, where I was at? Uh, like, so, free will. So, yeah, so this free will. And like, if you don't get exposed to the right things, how are you going to, how are those changes going to come about inside of you. Mm -hmm. So the importance of the, the environment that you're right. in, yeah, is, is, is brought more to light, you know, with this concept. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not all about free will. I mean, there is some people, they can grow up in horrible environments and somehow they, they have a seed inside them already that, that blossoms that tells them to get the hell out and, because they can be better than us, but they need to get out first. Mm -hmm. uh, I have a friend who, who was born in the back of a station wagon out in farm, and his parents were farm workers down inland San Diego. And his whole family, they were all gangsters. Everybody was involved in gangs. And not, not so much his parents, but like his siblings and his cousins. And, and so that was the life he's, you know, more or less destined to but he got himself out. He's an activist. He's a, went to UCSB. I met him in Santa Barbara. Mm -hmm. yeah. So that that's happens. But uh, we we would explain it, you know, from an Indian and Eastern perspective. There has to be something in there already from a previous life. Something has to be there. It has to be a cause mm -hmm. that he had already there. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, he would have this. You know, more or less the same causes as his siblings and cousins. Uh, nothing happens by chance, by accident. Um, and they say the same thing about yoga. Guruji said it many, many, many times. If nobody comes to yoga without having some previous exposure to it in a previous life. That's because it's so fun. <laughs> 
Because <laughs> it's, yeah. Well, they, you see that, like a lot of people, they hear the word yoga and they're just not interested, right? Mm-hmm. They have no interest in, to know anything more about it. They just like, like my dad, I mean, yeah, doesn't matter how much he, he hears in the news or whatever in any kind of media, like the benefits of yoga. It just, it's a form, it's weird, it's not normal, it's, he's it's not so interested. Weird. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, there's no scene, right? But, but it would be explained that because of his exposure to me, that there's probably a, a curiosity mm-hmm. that's developed. And next lifetime, perhaps that curiosity will, will bear fruit and he'll begin yoga practice. Is that right, Sarika? <laughs> Did I do justice to the to the theory? <laughs> yeah. Ascent. Huh? Yeah, I totally, totally believe in okay. that. Okay. Yeah. So that's the yeah. that's the premise, right? So Krishna is telling us, you know, right? We 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 have desires. It's natural. Everybody has desires. There's and and what kind of energies you have in you determine the, the types and the nature the intensity of the desires you have. Um, and you can't really, you know, just change yourself unless there's, there has to be some cause that you get exposed to that has, has come inside uh, of you. So now he's talking about desire, right? And, and it's the foe uh, what is it? It's uh, the constant foe, even of the wise. Um, so the first thing is like, what is a wise person? What is he referring to? Who? What kind of people is he referring to? Uh, so I just keep going, or do you want to shot shoot at it? Oh, I think we've been talking about it, right? A little bit, yeah. Like- they're not just reactive, they like work within the big picture. Yeah, sort of, but but in this context, like a wise person, how can you call him wise if he's still subject to the being tormented and and steered off course by desire? So so we're kind of classifying uh, somebody who's fully God realized, as they say, who's always conscious of their higher self. Uh, versus somebody who's who's maybe they've cultivated some level of wisdom, but but they're not hundred percent established like beyond all the, all these things that happen. So for those people who are they're still climbing, they haven't gone beyond the, the peak of the mountain of yoga yet. Mm-hmm. They're still climbing. Uh, yeah, but they're climbing, whereas like others are just like right. Not yeah, like they, they're, they're just <laughs> yeah. meandering around, yeah, right. down in, they're in the little villages down around the mountain. Yeah, they go, Oh, yeah, once in a while they look up and go, Oh, yeah, it's a cool mountain, but they have no interest in climbing. Losers, <laughs> <laughs> so, so for, for these people that are trying to climb, the desire is the enemy because it, it makes it's like three steps up, two steps back or three steps up, half step back. Mm. Um, 
like that. <clears throat> uh, let's recite it one more time and then we'll do the next one. Avratam jnana metena jnani no nitya vairina kama rupena kaunteya dushpurena nalena cha. 40. Indriyani mano buddhihi Indriyani mano buddhihi Asyadishtana mujjate Asyadishtana mujjate Indriyani mano buddhihi Asyadishtana mujjate Etair vimohayat yeshaha Etair from the beginning Indriyani mano buddhihi asyadishthana mujjate etair vimohayatyeshaha jnanamavritya dehinam. The senses, the mind, and the intellect are said to be its seat. Through these it deludes us by enshrouding our wisdom. Uh, the senses and the mind and the intellect are said to be its seat. So what is what's seated in the senses, the mind, and the intellect? What's he talking about? Shri Krishna, huh? Desire. Yeah. So the desires functions through the senses, the mind, and the in intellect. Uh, the word he's using is buddhi. Buddhi. Yeah, buddhi. Uh, Right, and the, and the senses he'd said in a previous verse uh, not too long ago. The, the senses are going to have their attachments according to the certain types of um, things like, like soft, like nice touch, sense of touch, things that feel soft and smooth. Smell, we get attached to uh, nice smells and we get repulsed by awful smells uh, like that. Beautiful music uh, versus screaming kids. Uh, just kidding, you know, I, I like screaming kids actually. A lot of times they're, they're actually very happy and that's why they're screaming. Uh, <laughs> they heard you. <laughs> and, anyways, we, we get the point. So, uh, through these, right, through the senses, the mind, and the intellect, through these it deludes us by enshrouding our wisdom. So, uh, wisdom regarding what? So, basically, this mm -hmm. question is put, put, 
to you guys to make sure we stay within the same context of the conversation, of the discussion that Krishna is presenting. That's why we started back at 33. Mm -hmm. 35, our Swadharma, okay. uh, which to me, Swadharma is a, is a little bit analogous to the second definition of yoga in 250 that the yoga is skill and action. You have control of your mental faculties and your senses, be able to focus, focus, and, uh, and, and skill and action, right? While you have your faculties are engaged with we are on, on purpose, you know, with intent, you're focused on something, you're able to adapt and respond to it, skill and action. So to me, Swadharma is a little bit like that. Like, so how am I, what's, what's my, my ability and my capacity in this situation? Not just like, should I stay on the battlefield or should I go to the forest so I don't have to kill my uncles and my, my cousins, et cetera, et cetera. Like what, what should I do for my life path? But, but also like in each moment, like we were, we're always kind of given the opportunity to operate from a state of confusion or from a state of clarity. And this is something Patanjali mentions in the first chapter of the Yoga Sutras. He gives us this discussion uh, some things are going to come up. There's going to be some things that you don't like, uh, and the and your mind is going to get stirred up. It's going to lose its sense of balance and clarity. And really, these that's that sense of confusion is an internal. That's an internal obstacle. It's yourself becoming confused because you don't you have an aversion to what's happening to you. Uh, if you can learn to manage yourself through these kinds of situations, all these different types of things that come up that are would that used to cause a lot of confusion for you, if you can learn to manage yourself and maintain your balance, uh, which is done by first being able to recognize when you're out of balance, and then developing the ability to, to renounce the confusion, renounce your whatever the attachment you have that that's um, causing the confusion in you, and turn yourself towards doing some practice. You have to renounce it a little bit enough, at least enough, like say, I wanna overcome this, I'm willing to let it go, so I'm gonna turn my attention to do some breathing or some chanting or I'm going to call my therapist or my, my friend who always, you know, helps me work out my confusion and makes me feel better. Uh, something, right? He gives a list of different possible uh, solutions we can turn to. So that if we can manage this so we can maintain more balance in our life, then we master the smallest, most insignificant of situations and the largest and most grand of situations in our life. Mm -hmm. So to me, Swadharma is the same kind of thing. 
and this uh, discussion on um, understanding how how the mind is getting confused through the desire and different types of desire and uh, and so the wisdom is in regard to being able to uh, keep yourself on on the path whether it's right now on the path today through the day uh, on your yoga mat on the path keep your mind focused on breathing smoothly breathing evenly uh, even though I fell out of Ujjapitasana I'm I'm going to stay focused and I'm going to get back up because uh, what happens when uh, life doesn't wait for us right life keeps going if you if the stock market crashes and then you spend three weeks moping about your loss you've lost three weeks of catch-up time uh, so it might seem insignificant on the yoga map but the principle is still in in effect but it's just a moment i just want to cry a little bit before i get back up <laughs> which is okay yeah if you're if you're mindful you're conscious and you give yourself permission yeah and you can choose to do it i think it's okay but first we should try to learn how to not be able to do it then you can have the freedom to choose to do it or not do it uh Sorry if I went off on a tangent. So that's my answer to this last question here. In what realms of life can we understand our dharma? Everything. Mm. Uh, try it one more time and then we'll do the next one, 41. Indriyanimano buddhihi asyadishtana mujjate etair vimohayatyeshaha yanamavritya dehinam. Tasmat jamindriyanyadao. Tasmat Tvamindriyanyadao Niyamya Bharataparishrava Niyamya Bharataparishrava Papa Tasmat Tvamindriyanyadao Niyamya Bharataparishrava Papmanam Prajahi yenam, papmanam prajahi yenam, yana vignana nashanam, yana vignana nashanam, tasmat swamindriyan yadav, niyamya paratarshadha. Papmanam prajahiyenam yana vijnana nashanam. Therefore, Arjuna, first having mastered the senses, then slay the sinful destroyer of wisdom and realization. Uh, so we have another name 
Bharatarashtabha. Uh, two words. Bharata is means India. The Indians call it India Bharata. They don't call it India. They call it Bharata. And Rishabha is uh, strong, penetrating, like Rishabha, the bull. Uh, I think sometimes Rishabha also means bull. Uh, I, I'm not sure clear on the, the two different forms, how, how related they are. I think they're different forms of the same word. Uh, so Arjuna is like a top warrior. So he's uh, he's the bull of India, is what he's, he's referring to in this. Very manly, mm -hmm. very strong, very uh, top level representative of India. So, Bharatarshava. A uh, little tricky to say, huh? Bharatarshava. They changed the R vowel into a regular R. So the Mahabharata, the great India. Yeah, the great epic of India, the great story of India. Mahabharata. Mahabharata, yeah. India is great epic. Mahabharata Purana. Purana is the name they give to the stories, the epics. Uh, first, having mastered the sentence. The first part of the verse. What's up with that? Why is that first? Because that was the seat of desire, right? Ah, very good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. And also, um, in terms of yoga, is there another connection? Another important point I don't want to talk too much oh okay, sorry I mean no I mean I have a lot to say but I don't want to like talk I know I keep, I keep taking the ego back <laughs> and looking towards the sorry. one who talks the most they get a response it's like that <laughs> so yeah. uh so Anybody familiar with the definitions of yoga from the Bhagavad Gita? Like number 248 or 250. In the first part of both of those verses, it always, it always starts off with you know, having uh, control of your mind and your senses. Or when they say yoga, they're referring to you have control of your mind and your senses. Meaning, you know, whatever you're doing, your mind and your senses harness yeah how else are you gonna pay attention you can only do it through your mind and senses uh hence that needs to happen first also because if you don't have the control of mind and senses then your mind is the then the desires that are naturally they're innate in the senses uh they will be making too many decisions. <laughs> well, it reinforces that idea that you gave us from the sutras, that if you have confusion, then you can step back and, and breathe or put your mind somewhere else. 
to yeah. get clarity. Yeah, if you can let go of the confusion. Right. Yeah. Because it's really fascinating to see how we were attached to things, even though we might be upset, but we we choose to be a, to cling on to the thing that's making us upset versus all you have to do is let go and you can be happy. Right? <laughs> it's, just, it's not that important, right? Like that he didn't take the trash out before he got home. You don't need to like lose, give away your, your peace that easily. You can regain your peace if you just let it go. Right? But we cling, people cling to the, these ideas and these uh, attachments of wanting things to be a certain way. To the point where they, they're willing to give up their happiness. That's what's happening. It's very weird if you think about it. I think people tell themselves they want to be happy, but then that's not the way they act. They give away their happiness for attachments all the time. Uh, so right, if we don't if we don't have some control, then there's going to be confusion. We're not going to be able to make good decisions and good choices. Uh, then right, so after we have first we have control of the mind and senses, we can focus. That, that's Guruji is always saying not enough stability. First, you need stability. You didn't want to talk about philosophy with us. Your mind is not stable enough. You won't understand it correctly. It's the way he saw most people. We can talk about it, but you're not really going to understand it. You might think you understand it, but you know, from your body and your actions and your choices, you're not understanding it on that level. You're only understanding it on the scholarly thinking level. But it's not having it, it's not transforming your behavior. You're not seeing the, the psychology of it, understanding it in the mind, mind level, own psychology. And then, because once you start to see like that you're causing your own suffering, you're not far from being able to let go of it. Once you see it. Uh, so then, then you can slay the sinful destroyer of wisdom and, and realization. The sinful destroyer, the pop monum, uh, jnana vijnana, nashana, pop monum, the sinful, and jnana vijnana, so uh, wisdom and realization, uh, sort of. We're just making up English words to translate jnana. And Vignana. Uh, but I thought this term, this sinful destroyer, was interesting. And uh, interesting enough to spend a, a moment on, on it. Like, am I lying, cheating, and gambling with, with my left hand? I'm a sinner with my left hand. And then on my right hand, I have a machine gun and I'm destroying, killing. Is that what sinful destroyer means? Well, I was, Drinking and going to the brothels and lying and cheating on one hand and killing on the other hand. 
this word sinful is surprising to me because it sounds really Christian. Oh, yeah. So I don't really understand. So you want to talk I about that first? To, well, I just don't know how to hear it. Okay. Right. So I think it's related though. So, um, so on, on one level, you can you can talk about sin like uh, don't lie and cheat or don't don't kill, you know, because there's consequences. It's bad. Um, on another level, for some people, you can start talking about it's creating problems it's your mind gets filled up in the dramas and it causes disharmonies in in your life with your relationship with your people and your environment um so depending on the person you're talking to the the level of explanation like so in the superficial simple level and a lot of it's fear-based you're going to go to hell if you sin, right? <laughs> so it's trying to scare you to do good, to get to heaven, right? It's fear and reward. And it's not necessarily all 100% bad because if you do avoid doing bad things and creating more challenges for yourself in your life psychologically, your own intelligence gets <clears throat> from all the things going on and obstacles that you have to deal with. Um, you, you avoid those things more and you do more good, your mind will get lighter. It will create more opportunity to start to understand things on a deeper level. But if you go into the sin thing because you don't believe in doing good, it's, it's worthwhile as you don't believe in heaven, so I'm just going to sin because there's no consequences. It's, this is all there is. Once I'm dead, that's it. What's it matter? I might as well just like cheat to get more money so I can have more cars and more girlfriends and snort more cocaine or you know do all these things. So, um, you choose that path, it's going to be very difficult for wisdom to awaken inside of you. Uh, but but some people you can just explain things to them and they see the logic right? and they don't need any retributive reason to do it. Mm -hmm. It just makes sense to them. Mm -hmm. That's that's a little better. But that other person can maybe get to that level by avoiding the sin. Sinful. Um, another thing I want to say about sin is that it's not really sin in the sense of the way we're taught to think about sin, like you're saying from the Christian perspective, like you're saying. Um, but it, it's sin is that category of choices and things that causes obstacles, causes suffering, either in yourself and or in other people or other life, life forms, or the atmosphere and the soil and the water. Everything is suffering from our greed, our sinful greed. So this, so those behaviors, those choices, those actions, those karmas that people are doing, them themselves are the destroyer of the wisdom and realization. Mm -hmm. That person who's 
choosing the simple lifestyle, their mind becomes very dark. So it's not two different things, sinning and killing. <laughs> I know, that was funny to me. Yeah. <laughs> sinning on one hand and killing on the it's other true. hand. It's the sinful destroyer. I'm the sinful destroyer. <laughs> but the sinning is, is what causes the destruction of our intelligence. We're good? Great, we have plenty of time. We can do two more. And then we're done. Uh, okay, we'll recite. Tasmat Tvamindriyan Yadav Niyamya Paratarshabha Patmanam Prajahi Yenam Jnana Vijnana Nashanam Indriyani Paranyahu Indriyani Paranyahu Indriyebhya Parambanaha Indriyebhya Parambanaha Indriyani Paranyahu Indriyebhya Parambanaha Manasas to Parabuddhi Manasas to Parabuddhi Yo Buddhi Paratas to Saha Yo Buddhi Paratas to Saha Manasas to Parabuddhi Yo Buddhi Paratas to Saha Indriyani Paranyahu Indriyebhya Paramanaha Manasas to Parabuddhi Yo Buddhi Paratas to Saha Ah, so uh, this is a, a famous verse. Uh, that's why the, the number here is highlighted and some of the words are highlighted. Most of the words are highlighted. The senses are said to be superior to the body. The mind is superior to the senses. The intelligence is superior to the mind or the buddhi, the intellect is superior to the mind. What is superior to the intellect is he. Uh, most of the translations, it says saha, he, literally. But usually they, they just put in Atman. The Atman is superior to intelligence. Uh, so it's setting up a hierarchy. And it's basically the most subtle is the most superior. The grossest is the least superior. The body, right? the senses are superior to the body. The body is the grossest, then the senses. Then the mind, the mind has the ability to govern the senses. Uh, the intellect has the ability to govern the mind. And Atman, he, Krishna, uh, 
or life itself, your life, your life itself is superior even to your intelligence, your discriminating faculty. And earlier there was a comment, it seems like we're replacing desires with healthier desires. I might be paraphrasing, I may not have the words exactly. Uh, so, um, that's exactly right. And that's the value of putting this verse in, in this discussion. And we're talking about desire as our enemy uh, causes confusion and prevents us from being able to see what what our our dharma is, what how how to uh, make skillful response to situations. Um, and now all of a sudden he's talking about oh the senses are spirit of the body and the mind is spirit of the senses and it's a little bit like a, a detour or or a sharp turn from the direction we were just heading. It could be a subject change, uh, but but this idea, right? If we're replacing like from unhealthy life choices, now you're doing some exercise, some yoga, now from and then from that you start uh, living a little bit healthier lifestyle, eating a little bit better because you're exercising and you're appreciating that it feels better. And then after some years go by, you're not even so attached to the exercise so much, but the way the exercise makes you feel, and you're gone from a, into even a more subtle like level of, of attachment or, or um, I think appreciation becomes like a healthy attachment is like you appreciate what it does for you. Uh, So having, if you start developing an awareness of Atman, that's another level to pull you into healthier and healthier or more awakened, more expansive uh, experience of yourself and of life, of capacity and ability to, to give and engage Since you just kept me talking about the senses mm -hmm. as this sinful, well, desire, I guess, yeah. as a sinful destroyer. Based because remember, it's the insatiable fire of desire. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. If there's no wisdom to, to check the desire, then it becomes an insatiable fire. Right. Right. Yeah. So I was thinking that maybe like, it's like the weapons you have. <laughs> The weapons. Yeah, you know, like you want to say the destroyer. Um, so the ultimate weapon is this highest awareness of, of beyond the intellect. Right. Yeah, that's where you're going. Right? Well, in a way, yes. In a way, yes, because that's going to, what's going to orient you where you put your body and how you're using your mind and your intelligence. Um, 
But I, I wanted to share it here. I see this overlap between the four aspects of the self there. Oh. Like body, sense, I guess there's more. Body, sense, mind, intelligence, mm. higher self. Yeah. 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 Because just like in the Waldorf schools, the, the theory behind that, like we're growing all of these different bodies, they say. But but you need the body and you yeah, need, you need the, the senses. Yeah. Like, it's not like you just want to be a pure all the time. Like, you want to work on all of them all the time, you know? Yeah. You can train the body to be able to play music. Mm. You can train the body to be able to farm, to be able to cook, mm. to be able to uh, do asanas. Very, mm. like, asanas. <laughs> But not just for the sake of asana. He he, he said, uh, let them do more asanas. More asanas they do, more energy they have, more work they can do. Yeah. So it's building up a person's physical, uh, mental capacity in order to be more, uh, to be a bigger person in the world, a more positive. You know, to be able to help more people do more good in the world. <laughs> we can expect great things from Alexis. Okay. <laughs> and she's so strong. <laughs> <laughs> it was too easy. <laughs> uh, we're good. We can do the next one. Yeah. Recite it one more time. Indriyani Paranya Bhuhu Indriyavya Paramanaha Manasasthi Parabhuddihi Yogudev Parathasthi Saha Last one Evam Buddhe Param Buddhva Evam Buddhe Param Buddhva Samstavyatmanamatmana 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 Evam buddhe param buddhva Samstavyatmanamatmana Jahishtartrum Mahabaho Pamarupam Turasadam Jahishtartrum Jahishtartrum Mahabaho Pamarupam Turasadam Jai Shatrum Mahabaho Kamarupam Durasadam From the beginning Evam Buddhe Param Buddhva Samstavyatmanamatmana Jai Shatrum Mahabaho Kamarupam Durasadam Evam Buddhe Param Buddhva 
I'm not sure what you're looking for. You mean having like no self or to, to be established in the Atman? What does it mean? Yeah, what, what, what does it mean to be established in the Atman or have no self? Those are just, what, what do you mean by, just, you know, things that we're going to have to translate those phrases. I guess I'm not sure what kind of definition you're looking for. I mean, there's, there's no more doer. Uh, so, so what's, how are you acting? What, what's, what's, what's acting in you? What do you know? When you know, what do you, what do you, you know, Jason, right? Your, your oldest boy. Yeah. Jason. What about Jason? You know him, right? You know yeah. <laughs> do I know what? The car? Well, everything, I mean, everything's the same. Everything's Is that what same. you're getting at? Uh, no. I, I think, like, like maybe not, like, a definition, but just, like, experiential. Like, how do you uh, know people? Like, uh, you spend time with them? You have a relationship with them. Yeah. You, you have an experience. Mm. You know them. You, know, you kind of understand, you know, how to how to relate to them. You know it's them. though, but it's not, you don't know them, you are them. <laughs> it's not, it's not like relating to someone else. It's part of yourself. Well, now you're talking about Jason or your car, right? But, but Atman, right? It's, yeah, that's, that's how you know Atman. The way you're describing it right now, not is not something else, but a part of yourself. That's that's the way you know Atman as a part of yourself. This this versus just like I'm going to write a paper and impress my professor with my intellectual uh, ability to describe and explain. Well, I mean, the experience is Atman experiencing the world through you. So you are but I, Atman experiencing the world. Is this something you just think? Or is this something you have an experience of? I can't hear you very well. What? Is this something you just think? Or is it something you have an experience of? No, it's an experience. Exactly. That's my point. So that's that's how you know Spirit, often, like you have this because you're having an experience. Yeah, you can't conceptualize it. Right, exactly. You can't. If you, if know, you it. know it, if you if you know it conceptually, then you're not. You're. It's not Atman. You can't conceptualize it. Ego. Okay, that makes sense then. So, and that's when you say that's an important thing to make sure people, you know, they don't mistake an intellectual knowing for an actual experience. That's important. Yes, you mean. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Very important, Paul. The more you, the the richer your experience, the more you experience, the more it will have a, the more transformative effect or an influence it will have. Well, I mean, the second you give the experience thought, it's no longer an experience. Well, right. You you you, you yeah. So but you're you're dumbing down basically. But then you go into the place that's actually just thinking about it. 
versus experiencing it. Sure, yeah, that's that's true. That happens. Uh, I don't know if it's like too intimate a question. Oh, great! <laughs> but um, <laughs> Billy, your mom's about to ask it. Uh, possibly no, controversial. No, uh, uh, well, just tackle oh. <laughs> PG thirteen question. Yeah, no, I just because it's like very personal, maybe. But um, but I think this is a really fantastic question. Like, how are how is everyone experiencing Atman? Because um, yeah, because it's a great question because no one really talks about it. <laughs> but that's what we're all supposedly, you know, that's supposedly the goal. So like, we should definitely talk about it. Like in pranayama, especially like when there's this like deep listening mm. or like mm. receptivity. Like I like going there because I feel like maybe I'm not going to get a message or something, but I just feel like very clarified. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then and then I'm more receptive to reading things maybe like in a better way. Like Later. being guided. Right. Yeah. Like exactly. I'm receptive to yeah. intuitive guidance. Yeah. So there's like that like deep stillness. Yeah. And then one day, Gurunam, your mind surrenders to practicing, and then Swatma, uh, Sandarshita, you get a darshana of yeah. your Swatma, Sukhava Bodha, and an awake and a feeling of awakening, being in an awakened state. Right. Yeah, that's right. that second line. Oh, yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting touched by spirit, Sandarshita Swatma. Mm-hmm. And feeling like you're now in a, in a state of a bodha, uh, a more awakened state. Right, right. Yeah. And, and like you also, like, I also feel like just like more connected, like less lonely. Less lonely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, like one of the verses, I don't remember which one it was, but becoming more self reliant when you're established in in awesome, established in yourself. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it doesn't matter if it, you walk into hell or if you walk into heaven. Right, right. I mean, yeah, maybe you get burned and you go to hell, but still you're happy. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you get to float on clouds and you go to heaven, but still you're happy. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, so to speak. Fantastic. Yeah. Very good. And that's why. Right in Shanno Mitra Shambarnaha, blah 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 blah. Right, uh, Namaste Vayo, the prana, the vayu prana. Tameva Pratyaksham Brahmasi, you alone are the perceivable form of Brahma, of God. Mm. The breath, the breath is the spirit. Yeah, actually. Namaste Vayu, you alone are the perceivable form of Brahma. We can't perceive Brahma as beyond, you know, the, the mind and the senses. Mm. Prana, you're the closest representative we have that we can contact. Mm. So, namaste to you. Mm-hmm. Very good. Very good. Your pranayama example. Oh. Yeah, why do you think it is too intimate? Well, like I'm, I'm telling you, I'm telling you about I experience yeah, Atman, yeah, and I would like right. to hear from other people too. <laughs> no, that's I think <laughs> I, I think it's probably universal, but probably 
David, ah. I mean, I would say the experience, though, there is no experience because once you conceptualize it as an experience, you're no longer attached to it. So you're no longer experiencing it. So it's actually not, it's actually more of there is no experience because there's no. Yeah. Well, personal so the, experience. Itself, the mind can become emptier. But but another side of emptiness is then it, it allows more space for things to come in for fullness to enter. I like, like difficult to learn something new if your mind is already full of itself. And so no, no, but it becomes empty, right? If you can be empty for a moment, then you can see something new. Somebody can explain something to you. So I guess I was saying it's, uh, I keep interrupting you. Sorry. Sorry. I'm mean, not sorry, but uh, that emptiness, right, of being able to suspend your projections for a moment is emptiness. Being able to suspend the firing of the synopses, the thinking, the, the confusion for a moment is, a, is one form of emptiness. I'm not saying it's the only form of emptiness. But that's for for average people. That's that's an important level of relating to emptiness to be able to quiet the mind. So insight can enter in. So understanding the experience that they're having. Right, people are only capable of you know whatever level they're able to empty. So for one person, maybe you're capable of completely emptying, and as you say, then and then it's true. Like after you have the experience, and you start analyzing it. That's you're you're in a different state. Well, my. What I was trying to say is if you're having an experience and you're thinking, oh, I'm having this experience of Atman, then you're not actually having an experience yeah, yeah. of Atman. Yeah, we know that, I think, right? Okay. As soon as you have that thought, yeah, it's gone. Now you're just thinking about it. Correct. And that, that's, you know, the, the Zen state, the dhyana state, actually. Dhyana state, right? To be able to hold the mind in that balance where you don't start thinking again <laughs> and, and evicting the experience from your from your being. <laughs> they give the analogy like with the gopi, the the go well who was Radha, I think. Krishna's one of Krishna's, yeah, she thinks she's so special. And I mean she's she's having some alone time with Krishna off in the bushes. She thinks she starts realizing, like, I'm so special. I'm alone with Krishna in the bushes. And then she, next thing you know, she's gone. <laughs> but in the blink of an eye, she has that thought, like, I'm so special. I'm having this experience with Krishna. Where'd Krishna go? <laughs> Where'd he go? That's the explanation of that. 
we're talking about Krishna, right? So appropriate. So, so this is uh, the the culminating verse of, of the third chapter. So we're talking about knowing him. That ability to know him is superior to the intelligence, right? In the first, in the last verse, it just said intelligent, he's a superior to intelligence. Now he's saying knowing him is superior to the intelligence. Right? You, you have to actually have an experience. Uh, you have to have a knowing in your in your being about it. Um, knowing as an experience, not as an intellectual thought. Um, and and then that's and that's the way, right? That we're able to slay the enemy that causes confusion that prevents us from being able to be skillful and actually know our dharma and act with clarity. So if because you if you have an experience, right, then you have something to replace the other things with and you're replacing from one kind of behavior to another kind of behavior. If you can get to this knowing of spirit, right, then you have something tangible, something experiential to shift your attachment to. And then that will slay and Quite beautiful. I didn't know the Bhagavad Gita was so profound. I thought it was just very basic, fundamental. But I'm so enjoying this. Can we wrap up? Evam Bhutte Param Bhutva. Sanskapyatmanamatmana Tahishatrum Mahabaho Amarupam Durasadam Eva Bude Param Budva Sanskapyatmanamatmana Tahishatrum Mahabaho Amarupam Durasadam Iti Shri Mad Bhagavad Gita Su Upanishadsu Brahma Vidyayam Yoga Shastri Shri Krishna Arjuna Sambade Arma Yoga Nama Tritiyo Adhyaya Om Tat Sat Om Swasti Prajavya Paripalayantam Nyayena Margena Mihim Mahishaha Go Brahmanidya Shivamasunityam Lokaha Samastaha Sukino Bhavantu Pali Varashatu Prajanya Prativi Satsishalani Desho Yam Shobritaha 
ಪೂರ್ಣು ಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿಶಾಂತಿ ಪೂರ್ಣಮಾದಾಯ ಪೂರ್ಣಮೇವ ಅವಶಿಷ್ಯತೆ ಓಂ ಶಾಂತಿ 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 ಓ